Hey, Combo Nation, we are here, man. Happy holidays. Combo Nation, we back, we back, but we never left, man. We are here. What is up, everyone, and welcome to episode 428 of Combo's Court Podcast. You know what to do. Rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Today's show, we talk Clippers. We talk Zion. We talk the Lakers, Conundrum, and more with clips of the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Go subscribe to the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Just a fantastic conversation with Clips. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Clips. Follow through Clips and Drew. What's the vibes, man? How are you? Good shades, Combo. man. Good shades. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Your boy's on the injured reserve right now. Load management. Your boy's on load management right now. I'm having eye issues. I apologize for wearing shades, but it's too bright in this house right now. But I'm here. The show must go on. What's good, Combo? Thanks for having me back, homie. Oh, anytime, man. It's always great talking NBA. Not only Clippers basketball, as Clips called my phone the other day. Let me. We don't have to only talk Clippers combo, you know. But you know, it shows me how passionate you are about your craft to like call me two days before the pod and talk about like, yo, what are we going to talk about, bro? Because like, I know that like you are truly passionate about what you do. Yeah, I mean, one of the, my favorite quotes ever is "Failure to prepare is preparing to fail." I say it maybe once a day to whether it's coworkers. Or people. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say a month. You said a day. No, I tell people <laughs> all the time. I'm always preparing. I want to be prepared, and also like, if if we're gonna have a good show, I want to know what we're gonna talk about, so I'm ready for you. You know. Well, let's start with the Clippers. Um, let's talk about chemistry, right? And I'm not talking about off the court. I'm sure they get along. Maybe they don't get along. Not my concern. Whatever. I'm talking about on the court with all these moving pieces. Kawhi obviously going through his regular Kawhi stuff. Paul George out a little bit. Zoo out a little bit. How's the on-court chemistry looking like with all these moving parts? You know, it's it's really difficult. I mean, Ty Lue to talk about it all, all year is like, you know, we have players in and out of the rotation. Guys like Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, and Terrence Mann. These are guys that actually need minutes and need reps. And uh, it's really difficult for them. I mean, when Kawhi was out all season last year, when Paul was out, it was easy for them to get minutes and then build chemistry, and uh, it was a lot easier. But now that we have the big boys back, these guys are really fighting for these minutes. I, I was th- thinking that Amir Coffee was going to be the guy that st- stepped up this year and was going to be getting a lot of those extra minutes, but now it's looking more like Terrence Mann. I think our chemistry is building, though, and obviously it starts with Kawhi and starts with Paul George. But the chemistry is building. It's going to take more time. I compared it a lot to uh, Drew and I had talked about this on the show. You remember like last season with Boston, you know, this time last year with Boston, we were thinking, oh, oh my God, these guys aren't even going to make the playoffs. Right. And then throughout the rest of the season, they kept building the chemistry, buying into whatever the offense or and defensive schemes were. And then towards the end of the year, they really started to gel. I think that's where the Clippers are at right now. I'm hoping that's where the Clippers are at because 
even with all this dysfunction with the players in and out of the lineup, we're still winning ball games, and we're still, you know, in a in a very loaded Western Conference, we're still playing really well. Kawhi Leonard, does he ever play basketball on a consistent basis again? In your opinion, just like let's just play ball, like we're going to play back to backs. You know, we're not going to load manage. Do you see that happening in his future at all? No, I don't. I don't see back to backs happening, and I think it's it's you know a lot of Clipper Nation are like shocked and surprised when Kawhi doesn't play a back-to-back or PG doesn't play a back-to-back and and to me it's this is what we signed up for we knew this right yeah and this injury for whatever reason has been lingering longer than normal and we're seeing right now like Kawhi is finally coming back to being Kawhi and then people forget how just how good this guy is right and what he brings to our offense and our defense how he opens the floor up more for everybody else to get open looks but no I don't I don't think that Kawhi I think coming the playoffs I think he'll be playing every single game hopefully but no this is what the Clippers signed up for I think the load management's a real thing and I also think it's a good opportunity for those guys that I just mentioned in Terrence and and Luke and Norman once we get Norman back to get more minutes uh, but we need Paul and Kawhi healthy going into April it's the most important you hear Kawhi takes coming from everywhere about how he's actually looking on the court because obviously the guy could still get in his mid-range, get a shot whenever he wants to, super efficient. He's even shown that he could take, still take a game over. But um, athletically, how do you feel he's looking? Slow. I think he looks slow. I think all of us look slow. If we, if we talk <laughs> about the Clipper offense here in a minute, we will. But, like, no, I don't think Kawhi is Kawhi yet, but we're seeing – you know, the one amazing thing about Kawhi that Michael and Kobe had that I see it a lot in Kawhi is just the methodical way that he can walk people right to where he wants to be. He wants to walk you to that mid range, to that 15 footer on the corner uh, that he's very good at. I don't think his bounce is there yet. I don't think his quickness is there yet. His handle still looks a little it's not tight. Uh, but I, I think it's, again, going to be a process for him. I think slowly but surely he's getting better every single game. Uh, but no, physically, he looks about about 65% to me. It's interesting you compare him to those guys because those guys are better than him. But I would say he's even more methodical than them, you know? Yeah, no, that's ways. fair. I'm not saying that Kawhi is better than Mike and Kobe. I'm just saying what – No, no, no. I was just talking very... about to how methodical he is. Like, he's even more methodical than those guys. Like, his game – he's like Robo, that kind of player, you know? Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. It's yeah. just it, – it, his – Kawhi's game is not sexy. There's nothing sexy about Kawhi's game, but it's it's very efficient. And like you had had stated, he can take over a game. He takes over the game as soon as he walks in the game. It's funny, like his first like full game back, I think it was against Charlotte when he hit the game winner. But like he was still drawing double and triple teams every single play, you know. And this guy is still rusty. But uh, you know, defenses are looking at Kawhi Leonard. So I, I do think it's going to take a little more time for him. Uh, you know, he used to be able to take people off the dribble pretty easily. And that's what I'm noticing right now is that's not working for him. The handle is still really high. It's not tight, uh, but the fadeaway and the turnaround looks great, but he does have combo a couple times during a game where he'll do one little combo or one little pound dribble and spin move where you're like, damn, that's vintage Kawhi. That's the guy I'm waiting on. He's showing flashes like kind of like the old guy in the gym, you know, who's uh 45, 50 years old. Like you'll see it once every 20 plays he just can't do it consistently anymore I think he just doesn't want to right now you know and like I don't know where I heard it earlier in the season but 
the game has changed so much. You know, it's like AAU style right now with just the the, the pace of the game, the up and down, the the young legs, the athleticism everywhere. And sometimes I just think wise, like, man, I don't want to do this right now. It's December. I'm not trying to keep up with Jalen Green right now. You know what I mean? So um, it is frustrating at times, like when when he's not playing. Uh, it is frustrating, but I think it's we've signed up for it. It is what it is. I think at the at the end of the day, the most important thing is having him healthy. I don't think we're shooting to be the number one team in the West or the number one in our division. I think we want home court and we want to be fully healthy, full squad going into April. I mean, we've seen players come back from bad injuries, and he's have he's had a lot of them. Like obviously, Katie had the Achilles. There's been ex- there's been examples of this in the past where you see somebody get a really bad injury, even two bit injuries, and they come back maybe even better, right? Like KD right now, he I saw him drop 26 at a quarter, and like we talk about aliens coming into the league from France, like we already have an alien in the NBA, and he plays for the Nets. Yeah, I totally agree, and and you know it's frustrating with the ACL too. Is like most people come back in like eight months, seven to eight months, and it's yeah, I've had a few of them, so I know. Yeah, me too. I've had the same thing. I'm yeah, but. You know, it's it's weird because I personally thought, I don't know if I said it on this show or on our show, but like I thought Kawhi was going to be back in the playoffs last year. I I went, I put my stamp on it. I said, hey, he's coming back to play. We had to beat, I think it was either the Pelicans or the, the Timberwolves, but I'm like, we win this game, Kawhi will be playing during the playoffs. And then now, then six months later, it's hard, it's hard for him to get back on the court. So it's frustrating, man. Like, I don't think ACL injuries should be lasting that long. So take the emotion out of out of the clips. Um, you're not a fan. Do you feel like the Clippers have a great chance to get back? To I the, think, or not get back to get to the. They never been right. No, well, <laughs> Western Conference Finals. Western okay, Conference. okay, get all the way to the finals for the first time. I think we. I definitely think we can. But yeah. again, I think there's a lot of things that we need to improve on. I'm not fully. Uh, stoked on our team right now. I, I think this is going to be a process. There's a, as awesome as it is to beat Boston at home the other night, which was great. We've also lost to OKC twice and gotten our ass handed to us by like Cleveland and Utah and uh, a few of those games. I don't think we're we're an elite team right now. I think we can be and we show signs that we are. But when I watch Boston play or I watch New Orleans play, the way the ball's zipping around the court and the athleticism and, you know, they got their three deep on each on each position on that team, I don't think we're there yet. But then also, I do think Paul George is elite. I do think Kawhi Leonard is elite. And we have shooters surrounding them. If we went pre-bubble the reason why the Clippers were the best shooting team in the NBA is because we got more wide open looks than anybody because Kawhi and Paul George can pass out of double teams and when you have people like Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris Sr. who's one of the most underrated players in the NBA Marcus Morris is very frustrating and whatnot but he has kept us in and won a lot of basketball games for us so I believe in Ty Lue and I do believe that at the end of the day again this is the third time I've said this healthy going into the playoffs we're going to be a problem but uh, you know, a lot of these teams are also kind of peaking right now. You remember how we were really into Utah a few weeks ago at the start of the season. And then I was kind of buying into Portland early and now they're kind of fizzling out, I, I guess a little bit. And then there's always Phoenix there. We saw Booker put up damn near 60 the other night. Uh, I don't like Phoenix at all. I wish them nothing but losses. I don't want to see them win anything. Um, but I, I think, I think we can be their combo, but right now we have, we have a long way to go. You gave the man Zion Williamson a new nickname. You could share it here with us. But not only that, 
do you believe he's in the MVP mix? And do you see this team as legit title contenders? And we say that about so many teams because this year there really are so many teams that could win it out. I mean, the favorite by consensus is probably the Celtics and Milwaukee, right? Because everybody else has been in like major flux, but can you see them winning a title this year? And what have you been thinking about what you've been seeing from Zion lately? I think this is this version of Zion is exactly what we've been waiting to see. Right. And you know, the past couple of years, the narrative's all been about Ja, you know, because Zion hasn't been playing and Ja has been phenomenal, of course. But, you know, people kept saying, ah, you know, if you redraft, you take Ja one and maybe Zion three or something like that. Who this would you is, take, Clips? That's the question. Who would you take in a I, redraft? I still in that. Well, are we looking back on it now? Like knowing what we know now? Knowing what we know now. I I still would. I still probably would take Zion, even though Ja, ja is phenomenal. But this is the version. So even of Zion. though it's close, right? Mm -hmm. It's close, and then you have the injury concerns with Zion. We're hoping everybody full health, obviously. Mm -hmm. right? We hope we know that. But just taking that into consideration, you still take Zion number one over Ja. Yeah, I probably would, and I know that's probably an unpopular take, but. You know, the fact that this guy can still is running the point guard, the point Zion thing that didn't work at times last year is kind of working right now. And it, looked do, it still looked nice at times. It does. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it even really back does. then, even back then. Right. But then, yeah. uh, of course, that's what people, when, when you're losing games, that the, that's what they're going to yeah. go to is like, oh, it's because Zion's running the point. They don't have a true point guard. Who has a true point guard anymore, to be honest with you? Look, right? at, I, look at the, I mean, Markel Fultz have been helping the Magic and they've been on a winning streak, but like they were playing with like, Paulo and Franz initiating offense, you know, it's just right. So now. where's the true yeah. point guard besides Chris Paul? What, what else right. is there? Right. And right. then that throws a major wrench into offenses where it's like, okay, Zion's the point. Like, how do you guard that? There was just something in those two games last week against Phoenix. That was like, all I kept saying to myself was this guy's just a bully. He's been bullying. He can do this at all times. I, I haven't seen a player do something like that since Shaq. You know, he's faster than everybody. He's stronger than everybody. He's more athletic than everybody. And yes, I think New Orleans has a chance just because they everything that you need in an NBA team, they have from top to bottom. They're athletic. Yeah. They're athletic. They have a superstar. They have a clutch guy in uh, in CJ. B.I. hasn't even been playing with them. And he was my preseason uh, spicy take. He was my preseason. This guy's going to win most valuable player this year. And in the beginning of the year, it looked like, damn, he might, he might be having a case for it. Right. So we haven't even seen the best version of new Orleans with BI and Zion and everybody fully healthy. Yeah. I mean, when BI is your second guy, you have a chance to win a championship. And then CJ McCollum, I think you might've mentioned this. He's not playing at his normal level yet. So mm -hmm. he could still bump up a little bit. And then they could play in so many different ways. Like, so they I really got a chance to win it all. They do. And, and they have a big guy in the middle that plays his ass off tough and Jonas, right? We got Troy Murphy, who just is, is a star in my eyes. I think in a Trey, couple right? years. Trey, tr sorry, Trey, yeah. Troy Murphy. You remember Troy Murphy? Of course. Uh, you know what was crazy? He was a glitch in one of the two Ks. Like he didn't miss Troy Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Trey. I, I compared uh, Trey to like, how how Phoenix was kind of coveting Cam Johnson because Cam kind of has that with him too. Like they see something really great in this kid in, in Cam Johnson. I think with Trey Murphy, this dude's something special too. So you have you have shooters, you have energy guys in in uh, Larry Nance and in uh, Grand Theft Alvarado. You got Devontae Graham who can get buckets. You got people that can get buckets, play defense. They're long and they have superstar on their team. So yeah, I think they can do it. And Herb Jones is one of those guys. 
I don't want to compare anybody to Kawhi, but just I think he's going to start out as that defensive guy and he's going to add stuff on offense and he's going to become a really good NBA player. Combo, give me Herb Jones any day of the week. I will take Herb Jones any day of the week. And he's trying to get that PJ Tucker corner three down. He's getting he's getting better with his three-point shot. But if you can play defense like Herb Jones plays defense, there will always be a place for you in the NBA. And coaches love that. And he will get a payday based on his defense. So again, you can put Herb Jones, if you're playing Boston, like you can put Herb on Jason Tatum and be fine with that. You know what I mean? You can switch on defenses with, with all the length that these guys have. Nobody talks about Larry Nance. Larry Nance, you know, has been in so many trade talks and so many different teams, but what he brings offensive rebounding energy things that you need to win basketball games especially in the playoffs too so lakers basketball how's your guy drew feeling about <laughs> it man we gotta get drew on the show one day man we've had former nba all-stars we've had all the famers on the show but one guy i need to get on the show is drew but um let's talk lakers basketball i mean they were playing so great and now with this ad injury it's like were you gonna make a move because it made sense to make a move with ad healthy and then playing better because you could maybe leverage some of your future if you feel like you could still win a championship. Do you feel like they still make a move now? I think it's too late. And, you know, Drew, if you ask Drew, we haven't talked since the AD had the injury. Um, I still don't think they were going to do much this season, even as great as AD has been playing. It's hard to count out AD and LeBron. And, you know, Laker Nation has been pretty quiet since Russell Westbrook has actually been playing really well. And it works with Russell, uh, even though the jumper's off and whatnot. What they lack, everybody knows. It's glaring. It's the shooting. It's Patrick Beverly is statistically the worst NBA player on the offensive side of the basketball right now. Um, when your third best player or, you know, arguably your third best player is Austin Reeves. That's a problem. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, even like though I, I, yeah, I love, I love his game, but you're right. He cannot be, he should be, yeah. he would be a ninth player on any other NBA team. So it's frustrating. Like, what are you going to, is Buddy Heald and Miles Turner going to like change it around for the Lakers is getting rid of Russell Westbrook to get Buddy or, and, and Miles. Is that, that going to be the switch? It's like, up. Oh, Lakers are a championship I mean, team now. AD was playing great at the five, so why bring Miles in now, you know? It's like, that's kind of your advantage. Well, Even though he never liked to play it over the years, that's been a great advantage for the Lakers. Well, isn't that crazy how it works? Everybody's been begging AD to play the natural position of the five, right? And then people have been begging Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook to come off the bench and it's been working right it works with AD at the five it works with Russ coming off the bench even though I still think he should be starting he's Russell freaking Westbrook right uh I I don't like him coming off of the bench but uh to what you're saying I, I don't see it happening I think this month is going to be really hard for them I think Thomas Bryan has been really good for them in, in the role that he's had to play and he's going to have to be playing more uh since AD is going to be out but no nah, I don't see much coming out of uh anything for the Lakers. And that sucks. I think the best part of their season is going to be LeBron breaking Kareem's record. Yeah, man. Yeah. Unfortunate for them. I mean, maybe if they could hold down the fort for now and AD comes back healthy, they have a chance. Like there's so many teams that have a chance. It's crazy. And especially in the West where it's wide open, you know, because those top teams are all fluctuating. Like the net, like the Warriors. Now Steph is hurt. Like, so maybe the Lakers feel like they still have a chance. I'm sure they do. I, I mean, again, how do you count out LeBron, right? Yes, like you, yes, It's hard yes. to count him out. Well, it's so like – I'm not if, saying they have – If AD's playing like that, right, how he was mm -hmm. for that stretch, 
and then you got a guy in LeBron who could still be their best player, and 80s playing like that as their second best guy, you, you definitely got a chance. And Russ coming off the bench, embracing his role. Yeah, but you still need shooting, right? Like you still need people that can knock down three point shots. You still yeah. need that. And they they really don't have that because Austin Reeves going into the season, Patrick Beverly statistically statistically was the best three point shooter they had, right? I think he was shooting like thirty eight percent and whatnot. But now you have you don't have any shooters on the team, and I know that there's been talk about getting Kyle Kuzma back, and Kuz would be great. I think he'd be really good fit for the Lakers again. But you can't do that. Like you got rid of Kuz, you can't just bring him back. I don't think. And I think Kuz's stock is pretty high. Like he's not going to get trade. They're not going to trade Kuzma for a for a twenty twenty seven pick, right? Yeah, Kuzma. Um, they should they should always prioritize keeping guys like him, KCP. There's a bunch of guys that Caruso. Even though Caruso's not BI. the greatest. What? Yeah, BI. Man. Yeah, that. I mean, that's that's a whole different level of prioritizing, right? <laughs> so Russo would be great for them right now though oh Russo yeah, would sure. be great for them right now he always Over had great, patrick beverly he always had great chemistry with lebron always yeah yeah but that's what if these are all what if questions so what what do you think combo like what does the what do the lakers need do would you who would you what would be your trade right now who would you take oh i do think you have to think outside the box and think about somebody that nobody's thinking about because they don't have a lot of leverage right now, even with those draft picks, I think, because they're desperate. But obviously, like, you know, they need shooting. They need defense. I think Buddy Heald could be a good move. But, like, I always – and this is outdated now. I always like the idea of Eric Gordon. I'm trying to get Eric Gordon. But he's, like – Love he's, it. He's a, he's a little bit old. Like, they should have done that two years ago. So mm – -hmm. And uh, Eric Mike, Gordon, like – Mike James? Please get Eric Gordon there. Oh, Mike James, could, who's playing overseas, right? Like, that's like maybe not Mike James, but I think you do have to think outside the box and not somebody that everybody's thinking about. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's kind of like, like, um, like the Jeremy Grant pickup in Portland, right? Like, Jeremy, it didn't, he, he they needed to pay him in Denver. They weren't going to pay him. Then he went to Detroit to be like the number one guy. He's not a number one guy, but you put him in Portland. He's in a perfect role in Portland, right? It works. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be the man. He doesn't need to, to drop 30 points a night or try to score 30 points a night. It just works. So finding one of those pieces, I think that like we saw early in the season with Utah, it's a bunch of really good basketball players that just play well together. There's no superstar on that team. I mean, Jordan Clarkson's turning into one. He's, he's another one of the most undervalued, underappreciated, slept-on players in the NBA. Jordan Clarkson is a stone-cold hooper. Um, but yes. they have a bunch of really good pieces on that team that work and they play well together. And I, I think that's why they succeed. I think they need, I think Jordan's trying to step up and be that clutch guy, be that number one guy. Larry, Larry could be that guy, but um, I think you're right. I, I don't think it's going for this blockbuster, you know, trade. It's about getting a couple good pieces that work. And maybe I don't think Palinka's is that guy. Like you mentioned Mike James. Like, I don't think Palinka's is that guy to think that smartly and to go after a guy like that. They're looking, they're looking like what's right in front of us. Right. Yeah. They're, that's what they're looking at. Kyrie Irving. They're looking at Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. Those are the only three people that we keep hearing about. Right. And we hear Kyle Kuzma and whatnot. Be different. Think outside the box, like you said. That's the only way it'll work because you also have to be a special kind of player to work and to play with LeBron. It's not easy. Yeah, I mean, Danny Green's not really outside the box, and how much does he have left? I, I, I could think of Terrence Ross, 
It's not a terrible mm-hmm. person Love to try it. and get. Yeah, like like these are guys that like guys on these rebuilding teams. Like teams are teams are tanking for Wemby right now. So you got to look right. at those teams and be like, who could help us right now? Like who's a veteran who's not getting a lot of opportunity because he could probably help that team win, and they don't even want to win right now. <laughs> well, the Magic are on a six game winning streak, so maybe they do want to win now. <laughs> I, I love I love Orlando, and back to like your Eric Gordon call. I love Eric Gordon. I mean, Clippers drafted him. I think he wants to get the hell out of Houston. He looks so out of place there he looks like man please put me on a team with it with you know we have an opportunity to win something you bring up Terrence Ross love that call uh about two or three weeks ago when there was you know Clippers are thinking about making a trade and whatnot the two guys that stuck out to me that I thought would be great fits that aren't blockbuster deal deals was like Doug McDermott and yeah. Jakob Pertle. I'm like two, those two guys okay are would be perfect for what we want. And Jakob Pertl, another very underrated guy. He's a winning uh, he's a up. he's a winning basketball player. Facts. And you could put him on a playoff team. He's not going to do anything he's he's not used to doing. Doug McDermott, all Dougie McDirty, all he does is come in and get buckets when he gets yeah. an opportunity, plays hard-nosed defense, isn't an alpha male. He would be great on the Clippers, you know? And I think I still think the Clippers the Marcus Morris piece, because the money works and we have a lot of Marcus Morris's on our team, although I want to keep Marcus Morris, I think that's the trade chip. If we do do a trade, he will be involved. But I know San Antonio is ready to, to throw everybody to the wind. You know what I mean? They want their tank for Wembo, you know, 100%. So those are two guys that I would look at, and they should be getting more uh, looks from, from playoff teams, I, in my personal opinion. So let's end with this. You've always pushed the boundaries when it came to uh, when you hooped yourself. You know the glitch. They tried to take that from you, but we won't get too we won't get we won't get too into that today, Cliff, because I don't want to get you riled mm. up. But there's been more travels mm. called. I always felt like the NBA wanted to in- always keep scoring up and increase scoring. What do you feel this does to the league, and how does it benefit the league, and why do you feel like this has been such a point of emphasis? You know, this is a tough call because I've been so anti-officiating this year. I, I think it's been bad. I, I have. And I and I hate talking about the officials because you want to talk about the basketball game. I just think uh, the I think they're blowing the whistles a lot. And I think, you know, the uh, the NBA snitch, Devin in the lab, who's been, you know, awesome making his TikToks and whatnot. It's very true. Like John Morant, John Wall, Jordan Poole, uh, you know, Steph with the carrying and the traveling. I mean, at the core of basketball and how it's played, you're not supposed to do that. I am a carry. I have a, I carry all the time. It was part of my game. My Hezzy is a carry. It is what it is. Um, I think they're being very uh, uh, free with the whistle calls. I just think that there's – look, I brought this up on the show. Watch one NBA game. Put on league pass. Watch one NBA game. If they Can they do four times down the court without a whistle being blown about something? Can you get one sequence of offense, defense, right. offense, defense without something stopping the game? Tell me, Combo, watch it tonight when you watch basketball. And what? why is there, like, you can't literally touch somebody, touch anybody anywhere, but once you get into the paint, you can brawl. You can just brawl it all out. You can contact. You can hit. You can do all that shit. But God forbid you try to guard Steph Curry or, or, or James Harden uh, out out at the elbow or at the three-point line you can't do anything anymore and also why are players trying to block three-pointers anymore anyways it's the dumbest thing less than 0.04 percent of shots are blocked three-pointers are blocked like why are we even playing defense on guys like that i'm with you i think you know to piggyback off your point 
I think the point of emphasis should be how do we speed up these games? Like, like I love the G League rule when they were not saying they have to implement this in the NBA when it was like two for one on the free throws, but at least they're looking for ways. And I know obviously they use the G League to like test things out. So that is at the end of the day, the league thinking about how to speed the game up, but making more calls, more replays. Why? It's the people short people's attention spans are shorter these days. Well, I also combo, I also, and you know, an NBA referee is a really good friend of mine. We argue all the time. Uh, he obviously hates it when I bring up how upset I am at the officiating and whatnot. My call as a fan, as a guy that watches basketball games, is I just want them to make the call right, right? You have three officials on the floor watching three different versions of whatever play is going on. You should be able to get the call right, maybe 95% of the time. You should. And when you don't, you should uh, be able to go to to look at the, the monitor, make the right call. But even like the instance of Luca the other night, getting a technical foul for yelling at his own teammate, right? Yelling, let's That's go. Crazy. And it's so crazy. You should be able to, the referee should have been like, oh, my bad. You know, I didn't, I didn't know the context. Of, I thought you were yelling at me. My fault, my bad. We'll take that back. Now, obviously, the NBA probably rescinded that technical. And I think, uh, you know, Luca leads the league in technical. So the ref were just re- ready to blow on Luca no matter what. But I think the, the refs need to be held, be held accountable too, right? And I think you should be in that instance. After you blow the whistle on Luca, the the head official should have called him over and said, you know what, man, that was really out of context. It, you know, he was yelling at his teammate. And then they should turn around and be like, my bad, no technical, no free throw. Let's get the game going. But they don't. And then it's awesome that they rescind it at after the game, after the fact, after you get a free throw and, and, and possession of the ball, it doesn't mean anything during the game. You know, it can change the whole outcome of a game. Yeah, and John Moran got kicked out of the game for talking to a ref. And it was his second technical. Like, he already, I guess he already had a technical. Like, you know that's his second technical. Why? People are there to watch John Moran. Like, that guy's totally. box office. It's ridiculous. Totally. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. Again, I'm sorry about the shades, but, you know. You nah, boys I, think are- that makes, I think that makes the pot even better. You know, it's a good, it's a good look, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I appreciate you asking me more questions besides Clippers. Uh, and I wish you the best of luck. I mean, we got a big season coming combo. We got a lot to do, a lot of basketball to cover. So, uh, you know, I'm going to continue listening to you. Check us out. The follow through with Clips and Drew. Uh, you can follow us at Clips and Drew. You can follow your boy at Clips 555 combo. I appreciate you. Oh, we forgot to say, though, really quick. Zion's nickname that was given on our oh, show. That's right. It's well, your memory is insane. And also, you, you make my job so easy because at the end of the show, I usually ask, where could they find you? And you just let them know, you know? So you right, We're professionals. Easy. We're That's professionals. True. We know That's what true. we're doing. Zion is officially known as the Bayou Bully. You heard it here on Combo's Court second. You could have heard it first on the follow-through with Clips and Drew. But the Bayou Bully, that is Zion's official nickname. Combo, I appreciate you, bro. Great talk. You're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. There it was. Yet another episode of Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Big shouts to Clips for joining in. We appreciate you. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you would like to receive bonus Combo's Court content, check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. And be on the lookout for episode 429. Happy holidays. Combo out.